Welcome to Scripts on Scripture. I am your host, Heather Preston, and I'm here today with a very special guest. I am honored to call her my friend, but Irene Rollins is a speaker, uh, an author, a pastor, a wife, a mother. Good gracious, the list goes <laughs> on. Did I miss anything? Um, I, you know, I'm a mom to <laughs> my pets as well. <laughs> Okay. I have two English bulldogs. They, oh, I so, love them. So, yeah. love them. Today, <laughs> our topic is something you have written extensively on, have mm-hmm. literally written a book on it, Reframe Your Shame. Um, I, just for the record, she did not ask me to plug her book today, but yeah. I'm going to because it's amazing. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but this book, I, I loved how you weren't afraid to go there. You put dialogue to topics that most of us would avoid, and made the subject of addiction seem conversational. Mm-hmm. And that is not an easy thing to do. I'm just going to keep going on this because people need to know this isn't just for people who struggle with alcoholism or drug addiction. This is for any vice. Mm-hmm. We all have our vices. Yes. And I read this because I know you. Mm-hmm. Because we were getting together to talk about books. That's right. But honestly, I have gone back and reread I have gone back and reread this book. So that was my goal when I wrote it is that people would highlight in it and that it would be real, really (laughs) applicable to anybody's life. Like you said, hurts. We all have hurts that can hold us back from being our best selves, hangups, habits. And so, yeah, I kind of take you through the journey of what it looked like to reframe shame in my life and get well and get whole and heal. I just, I I mean, seriously, it's, it's beautiful. Where can, where can people get your book? Anywhere where books are sold, Amazon, my website, IreneRollins.com, super easy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I um so I'm really I'm really excited about today's conversation. Yeah, I um, I get a lot of conversations um, started on social media, people direct messaging me or in the comment sections sharing their experience, um, and a lot of people who have walked away from church community mm-hmm. um, because of church hurt, and they have questions regarding theology, questions regarding the Bible that they're confused about because of their own experience. Yeah. And, um, and so I wanted to delve into this conversation because I think a lot of it stems from shame and how we utilize shame mm-hmm. and, and where our theology can oftentimes um, get off track with what the Bible is, is teaching. So before we get started, I wanted to do a couple of definitions because you know me, mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. And <laughs> so am I. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, um, the Oxford English Dictionary defines guilt as a fact. Mm-hmm. And I found that really profound because you, um, you, you either are or you're not guilty, whereas shame is described as a painful emotion. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling. I can make somebody feel ashamed, but I can't make them guilty. That's right. And in the Bible, it tells us that when you're forgiven, you're set free mm-hmm. and that you're no longer guilty. Mm-hmm. So why would we still be feeling shame? 
after forgiveness. And that's what I wanted to dive into today. And there was a quote in your book, and you said that we create prisons of our own making. Tell me if I'm misquoting. We create prisons of our own making, and they start in our minds. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that, because I thought that was just so beautiful. Yes. I don't, I remember in my journey of just, first of all, I'm to date, um, I am seven years, four months sober from alcohol addiction. And um, I praise God for that, um, because I would not be sober without the hand of God in my life and his grace helping me get where I am um, today. And so he's reframed my shame and I don't have to share it with the world. Um, And here's the deal, like to the, to your point, to your question, I was in counseling and my counselor looked me in the eye and she said, Irene, she just shook her head and she said, you know, we create our own misery. Hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Hmm. She's like, majority of your challenges it's not the alcohol. The alcohol wow. is the symptom. Wow. What the problem actually started in your mind. You wow. create your own misery, your own pr- prison, hmm. uh, because you shame yourself. Hmm. You like do something. See, what I didn't realize at the time is how powerful of an emotion shame is. Yeah. Now it has a purpose. Yeah. We just use it wrong. <laughs> When, because it's of a good, lack though. of awareness. Yeah. So when I began to study emotions and realized yeah. that, oh my gosh, it's a signal. It's telling me to yeah. do something. Um, guilt says I did something bad. I should say, I'm sorry. I should yeah. apologize. I yeah. don't do it again type thing. Shame. It kind of triggers a moral conviction of sorts internally. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's the good parts of shame. That's the conscience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I shouldn't be a part of doing this or, yeah. you know, it keeps us kind of on the straight and narrow per se. But what we do with shame when we operate in the negative side of it is we look internally inward and we feel we are bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah where you get, you get to where you, mm-hmm. you start to, cause that was another thing that you had mentioned. I did something bad versus I am yeah. something something bad. And that's what I felt in my own head. The prison I had created yeah. was a script yeah. that I chose to believe. Yeah. I can't put it on anybody else. Cause yes, some of it is learned behavior. People shame us. Yeah. Our parents say shame on you. Mm-hmm. I've even <laughs> stopped myself from saying that to my I've own kids. I've had to kids. as well. I've had to as well. Once I started realizing the magnitude and the power of shame yeah. sh- and shaming someone. So, you know, like just being that, having that conscious awareness that it's not meant to say I am bad. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to tell me to ch- address something and change yeah. my behavior about something. But we look at it inwardly and we believe we're not enough. And I believed that script and for I, way too long. And I think that I think that the issue that I've come across when it comes to shame in the church um, is that many churches, and, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I've, I've lived all over the place. You've lived all over mm-hmm. the place, been to many, many churches. Um, so this is just a general type statement. But many are operating out of a place of, of shame-based theology, mm-hmm. where the motivation to be good is based on being shamed if you're mm-hmm. not. If I only make literally only make one thing clear mm-hmm. on this podcast, it's, it's that God does not operate that way. That is not how God operates. Mm -mm. One of my favorite verses comes from Micah. It's in chapter seven. And the prophet has up until this point been pronouncing uh, an enormous amount of judgment, Mm -hmm. talking about how wayward the the nation has gone and just, you know, just talking about their sins. Yeah. 
But then he stops and he, he has this incredibly poetic declaration and he says, who is a God like you mm. who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of its inheritance? He's using really poetic language. And so I mm -hmm. kind of wanted to like stop for a minute because he uses another word, he uses iniquities. And we don't really use those words very often today. But when we look at what he's saying, the prophet is literally saying this, this is a God who goes further than forgiveness oh. because the, the transgression and the iniquities that he's talking about, those are the rightful consequence of sin. Ooh, so that's, that's that like, that's, that's the, the justice. You know, you, if you, if you do something wrong, this is the consequence. That's the, that's, that's justice. But the author is saying, no, this God frees us even from mm -hmm. the rightful inheritance that we would have otherwise had. And, and that just, every time I read that verse, it doesn't fail. Mm -hmm. It gives me chills. Um, so, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask this question, mm -hmm. God, you know, obviously the, the Bible is all, you know, teaches us, this is the right way. This is the good way. Why doesn't, why do you think that God does not use shame-based methods to call us up to, to right behavior? Well, first of all, cause we're created in his image. He would be calling himself bad, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> if he yeah. Shames us, yeah. Then we're, so think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm convicted right now. Just thinking about that. If I shame someone else. You just blew else, my mind. You just blew my mind. The, like if I shame someone else, I'm shaming God's creation. <sighs> Oof. Like, forgive me, Lord. Like for the wow. times I've done that and been unaware. When I shame myself in my own mind, when I verbally abuse myself, with negative self-talk and say, I'm ugly, I'm dumb. These are things that I struggled with wow. all through my childhood. I had no self-esteem. Yeah. I feel you on that one. I yes. shamed myself. I put myself yep. down. I verbally abused myself not in my own Not smart enough. Mind. I'm not pretty yep. enough. I'm not. Yeah. Yep. And see, when I came to be a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, in the beginning, you kind of think all of those things will go away. Right. Yes, I meditated on scripture. Yes, right. I came to the altar and said, God, um, somebody pray for me because I'm struggling with yeah. my self-esteem. Did all of those things. Yeah. But I do believe it goes further in the sense that I like what you said here, the, this rightful um, consequence inheritance thing. Because couldn't we like go deeper in realizing even that we get some of it honest. Yes. Um, it's passed down yes. generationally. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I was born into sin. Well, and I mean, born into shame. I'm sorry. Yeah, of absolutely. Born into sin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, like, but that's true. Yeah. That's true. And, 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 you know, and everybody comes from different backgrounds and mm -hmm. different struggles. And, and I've thought about this a lot because the things that one person deals with over here, a lot of that, it, it's going to be even more difficult for them to recognize the mm -hmm. God image in them than it would be for somebody who, who came from this background over here yeah. and isn't carrying the baggage that they're struggling right. with. So, so the way that God speaks and intervenes mm -hmm. to them is, is going to be different. Right. And here's the deal, though. He's a loving God. His yeah. nature is loving. When we shame ourselves and we create these uh, these thoughts that are really abusive to ourselves yeah. and the image of God, then yeah. it distorts the way we view him and the way we interact with him. And the way we view and interact with others. Yes, Because like you said, I'm still going back to that. I'm still mm -hmm. going back to that. When we project shame on another person, mm -hmm. you, it's as if you were projecting that toward God. Yeah. That... And if we ask ourselves that question and get yeah. really honest, yeah. could our relationship with God 
yeah. be impacted by the way we shame ourselves. That's yeah. that prison that I'm that talking is, about. Oh, yeah, of our yeah, yeah, own yeah. making. Yeah. So we are believing scripts that came from society. That believing yes. scripts that didn't that came from some what someone yes. said about us. You're gonna hear me say and use the language oh, yeah. a lot, what I made up. Yeah. That's me taking ownership yeah. of I made up a script yes. about a, B, and C. Yeah, about my identity mm-hmm. based on what somebody else said or did mm-hmm. or something I saw f- yep. for, on TV. I mm-hmm. mean, you think about you think about the way that we view acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we're seeing that from a TV show, you know, or right. a, a movie or a song we heard on the radio. That's acceptable behavior. And even if you're not consciously thinking it, mm-hmm. you're kind of gauging your actions, even if you're like, oh, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what we tend to do is, oh, that's wrong. Um, so I, since I'm better than that, mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, are you, or are you, right. are you holding a standard that's based on what somebody else says is acceptable or not acceptable? Exactly. Is it biblical or is it based on society? Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, really good. But notice how we like one up and one down. Yes. Like we yes. always take this like as it, and that's what shame does, right? Yes. It wants to make itself higher. Yes. So it's not always the lower position of mm-hmm. low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes shame is projected. Absolutely. In superiority complex. Absolutely. And I think, and, I think yeah. that sometimes that's where we end up with, with church hurt. Mm-hmm. We're with people who, who walk away from the church because I think you do, you have this, it's almost like a competition. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. who, who's, who's better, mm-hmm. who's holier. And, and that's, and I think a lot of times too, you have honest Christians who are struggling with trying to attain a God level of perfection. Impossible. And that's not possible. Yeah. But, but why, why we do that, I find so interesting because if we look at society, it's like you mentioned earlier, having these standards of like smart enough, pretty enough, mm-hmm. all of these standards, we get that from society. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere in scripture where it says, you know, you've got to measure up to this beauty right. standard or this, you know, this talent mm-hmm. standard. I think of it, we were joking earlier about not being musical. Um, my, my husband is extremely musical. So the question I always get is, you know, what do you play? Right. <laughs> what do you, ain't, ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to be giving me a microphone. Let's just say that. Yeah. But if somebody were to, if somebody were to hand me a microphone, have me belt my heart out. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I was standing in front of somebody, you know, I don't even know, Mariah Carey, somebody who's, you know, mm-hmm. standard is, is just so far out of my league. Right. I mean, I would feel ashamed. Yeah. I would feel very embarrassed mm-hmm. because I can't measure up mm-hmm. and, and not even close. And I think a lot of times we do that with God where he's this unattainable level of perfection mm-hmm. and, and it's easier to walk away than to, than, than, to, you know, it, but that's, that's the thing. God's not asking us Mm-mm. to attain perfection. No. But I think that a lot of times we, we get that mixed up in our, in our theology and what we're pulling out of, out of scripture. So I wanted to go a little bit more into that because sure. I think that it's, it's helpful to me to put a different word to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's a difference between conviction and shame mm-hmm. um, because shame drives us to isolation. And you talk about that a lot in your book mm-hmm. um, and the danger of that and the danger of um, if really even silence. Yeah. Um, but the, there's a word that comes up, um, conscience comes up oftentimes in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I can't remember, I think it's like 30 times the, the word conscience is used. But the Greek word is sunitesis. And what I found so incredibly profound is that it's, it's actually a combination of two words. Uh-huh. And the first word means togetherness. So it's talking about a moral understanding. But the joining of two words and the first one meaning togetherness expresses a much deeper truth. Because the word conscience then uh-huh. is pulling us together. This isn't a your truth or my truth type situation. It's a so uniting good. conviction. I was wondering your thoughts, having, having gone through the journey that you have in terms of, of shame, mm-hmm. what would you say is the difference between conviction and shame? Conviction, I believe, is from the Holy Spirit. That's what mm-hmm. the Bible yeah, tells us. It does. And when I get convicted, it means I feel I have done something wrong. I, can, mm-hmm. in my, I become consciously aware of I've done mm-hmm. something wrong but there's a knowing that yeah. I'm, I can be forgiven yeah. by simply repenting of it yeah. and confessing it out loud and yeah. to God and I get forgiven. And I, when I confess it to my brother, sister, someone yeah. else, that's why I, always, I believe very strongly in community because Absolutely. and that togetherness when we're confessing to one another, Absolutely. there's a consciousness and an awareness that happens amongst us we're yeah. learning from each other we're growing yeah and that awareness is inspirational it's yeah um, helping us grow and build our faith shame is more condemning yeah and yeah. it's like that is from the devil from where the there enemy. is now like, no condemnation yes. for those who are in christ so yes. yeah the shame has mm-hmm. no place right and you know all throughout the bible i mean look at he but the in Hebrews, the apostle Paul saying that, you know, like Jesus, he despised shame. Despised shame. Yeah. Like he despised despising it. shame. He, he literally not, um, showed us he was, yeah. he is literally the, uh, prototype for yeah. overcoming shame. Like he was beaten. He was put on the cross, naked, whipped, called every name in the book. And yet we still win because of what he did. So it's like that unattainable perfection that everyone is striving for. God is saying, we don't have to do that. I already, my son already died to cover all your iniquities, all your sin, all the generational junk that from the beginning of time, because Adam and Eve, the moment they ate from the tree, like they hid, they were isolated. They were in shame. Yeah. Shame is talked about at the beginning of the, the Bible. the very beginning. For a yes. reason. Yes. And so I just feel like the Lord gives us, I love how God gives us through the Bible, all of these remedies yeah. for shame resilience. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that is really fixing your eyes on Jesus. So when we focus on absolutely. the author and the finisher of our faith, absolutely. and we f- focus on how he overcame shame. Yeah, and then and apply that it to our lives. Emphasis on grace is even in the Old Testament if you think about it, mm-hmm. because you you have I mean, I think about in in the very beginning when when shame enters the world, what does God do? He makes them clothing. Mm-hmm. He he teaches them what the consequences are gonna be, and he literally makes them clothing. Mm. And, and, and covers them. I love the way you see things. It's just, that, that kind yeah. of blows your mind when you think about it because it's like, mm-hmm. he didn't just walk away. He didn't just go, well, you're going to make somebody new, you know? Grab some fig yeah. leaves. There's more over <laughs> there. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know? So, you know, that that's that's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. And then mm-hmm. continually, one, one after another, making a way for man to still come into 
God's presence because I think a lot of times the idea of holiness is kind of off-putting. Mm-hmm. But honestly, without God being holy, mm-hmm. we have no hope. Right. There's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You, you might resent the idea that it's an unattainable level, level of perfection, but thank God it is. Thank God it is. Thank God it's not relegated to man. Yes. Because we are completely we, imperfect, broken. Yeah. We don't have it all together. Like, Can't. You know, just Can't. I, my husband and I pastored a church with yeah. senior pastors for 12 years. Yeah. And it, part of that, me becoming an alcoholic, falling into, hate to say falling, but it crept up on me without yeah. me seeing it coming. Yeah. Um, alcoholism, while I was leading, I didn't deal with my stress well. I um, had... Uh, poor coping mechanisms, then the shame associated with the fact that I couldn't yeah. handle it. Yeah. When I introduced alcohol back into my life in my early 30s, I had no idea that because I had drank in my childhood that I was going to go down the slippery slope of addiction yep. so fast. But once I started to go there, the problem was in because I had created this idea in my mind that I had to be perfect yeah. to be a pastor and I couldn't let anybody see me sweat. I isolated, created my own misery, and it almost took me out. Almost lost my life, my family. Um, just I think about even like ADHD. I have ADHD. Yeah. Mental yeah. health in the church. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We're not talking. We have such shame surrounding these things. Yep. I have yep. to be writing while you're talking. It helps things sink in. It help, It's the way I learn because mm-hmm. I have ADD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it, the reality is you might ask me a question. And my mind, I'm literally think, talking and then the thought is gone. And then, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. A squirrel <laughs> took it and ran. Like, <laughs> so, but I'm okay with that now. Yeah. That's what shame resilience looks like is. But talking about it, I mean, because yeah. I think about it and, and I, I, I always call it toxic silence mm-hmm. because I think that so many times the, the shame that you're talking about, that it yeah. creeps in. It creeps in like like the silence, mm-hmm. and and you 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 tend to to bottle it up because oh God forbid they they know that I'm weak that way, mm-hmm. God forbid I, they know that I struggle that way. Oh how embarrassing it would be if they knew I couldn't do this, right. you know, or that, and and that's honestly I, I go back again to God's word and and it, it tells us He is strength in our weakness. Mm-hmm. So how much more? ought we to be vulnerable because that allows him to shine through. Mm -hmm. And if we're really about our God Mm -hmm. getting the glory, then show off those weaknesses. (laughs) Talk about them. Isn't that what the apostle Paul was talking about when he said, now I can boast. Exactly. Now I can boast of my weakness because of the, the power and the work of Christ in in me. me. And, and, and we'll talk about that some more because that's not talking about his strength. That's talking about the, you know, no. And he had credentials. He had reason. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll get into that more. But the, but that mm-hmm. that is is hugely significant, and it sure. is something that um, we should take note of. Mm-hmm. That we 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 ought to recognize. Um, so, I um, before we before we we pause because mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into this on the next episode. But I I wanted to ask this question because because um, once again we've we've gone over that. We're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> have to be. We cannot attain perfection. Mm-hmm. 
But we also know that scripture calls us to, to be holy Mm -hmm. and to live holy lives. And there's, um, there's a specific verse that gets quoted in in Matthew, um, in, in chapter five, where Jesus says to be holy. Uh And, and so I wanted us to kind of, kind of let it, let that question sink in of, of what does it mean then? If God knows we can't be holy or we can't be perfect, which is another way that same word translates, holy or perfect, Mm -hmm. what does it mean when he calls us to be, Mm -hmm. to be holy, to be perfect? So that, that's, we'll we'll get into that on the next episode. Uh But, um, but again, if you have not read Reframe Your Shame, please, please do yourself a favor and go get Irene's book because it is incredible. But where else can the people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Irene Rollins and, um, yeah, Facebook too. Irene Rollins everywhere. (laughs) My website, Irene Rollins, super easy. That's yeah, awesome. Keep it simple. <laughs> Girl, thanks again for being here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to resuming this conversation. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <you. laughs>